This episode is sponsored by Patricia Asp of Aspire. Does your company culture have what it takes to last? After the upheaval of the pandemic, many companies and organizations are struggling to adapt to new regulations, new workflows, and new workplace culture. After witnessing the dramatic weakening in the core values of great companies during mergers, acquisitions, and rapid growth, Patricia Asp, a forward board member and principal, launched Aspire, an organization founded to preserve the goodness in companies by hardwiring culture for sustainability. If you're interested in conducting a culture sustainability assessment, go to patriciaasp.com slash contact dash us. Make 2023 the year your company soars. Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. In our last episode, you met Liz Forkin-Bohannon with Seiko Designs. Liz followed God's calling in her heart for the women of Uganda, and through her tenacity and willingness to ask the hard questions and take the big steps of faith, she has written a story full of the beautiful results of being open and willing to follow after God's plan, no matter how daunting each twist and turn along the way may look. In this episode, Liz and I wrap up our conversation by talking about the idea of prosperity and how to get in the right mindset about what success looks like for your dream. Liz also shares the advice she would give to anyone standing at the starting line of taking their dream or belief and making it their life's destiny. Join Liz and me as we pick up where we left off last time. In the previous episode, we talked about tests that everyone will likely encounter on a journey of taking a dream or a belief and turning it into a destiny. We talked through the perception test and the passion test, and if you want to hear Liz's answers for both of those, go back and listen to the previous episode. Now, I would like to talk about the third test, and it is the prosperity test. So Liz, your passion for the women of Uganda soon became a thriving business that helped to support these women while also recruiting Americans to support the mission through purchasing your products. So what was it like for you to experience that success? You know, Seiko wasn't successful from the get-go. Yeah. So, and that is something that I feel really passionate about making sure folks know it's super easy to be seen as quote unquote an overnight success. And it's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. what about like the three years where I was living out of my car and eating peanut butter and we weren't making any money and it wasn't successful and we woke up questioning, is this like actually viable? And so I guess I just want to be really clear and transparent that there were many years, I mean, several years in the beginning and then throughout our whole journey where it's like, we were, you know, meeting all of our goals and experiencing all of the success and momentum. And then other seasons where it felt like, man, this isn't working anymore. We've got to like pivot or iterate. And it felt harder to kind of get those wins. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's a really important you a really important thing to kind of like talk about because I feel like when we only share the stories of of instant or perpetual success, what that does is that. Is that has other people thinking, well, if I'm not experiencing that instant success, what I'm working on maybe isn't valuable or it's not the right thing. And I think yeah. 
God's economy is a lot more complex than that. And so I think we have to think about, well, what is prosperity? Is it financial prosperity? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, this affirmation from the market that you're doing a right thing and everybody else sees it as very valuable? Or is it a little bit, is it bigger than that? Is it us taking a step back and going like, even if I'm not experiencing quote unquote monetary success or success that the world would say, like, am I becoming more of who God created me to be through this process? Are the people that I'm working with experiencing the same? Um, are are we all becoming, you know, even not to be like cheesy, but like thinking about the fruits of the spirit, right? Like, is there joy and is there peace and is there self-control? Like, are there, there's so much fruit when we think about prosperity, um, that I think we specifically as Americans are very conditioned to thinking about money and about monetary success. Mm -hmm. And so I think really going, is this work bearing fruit? Is it bearing fruit in my life? Is it bearing fruit in the lives of the people that I'm impacting? And that that can definitely be a really powerful indicator because on the other side of the spectrum, you can have extreme monetary success and then be like, oh, but also... I'm falling apart and everybody that seems to be a part of this is getting more selfish or more anxious or more, you know, whatever it is, more divided. Um, And that should be a pretty good indicator to you that if it's not bearing fruit, you might want to reevaluate. So I think that the question in general of is this bearing fruit is a really powerful one where I would really encourage and caution people to go, okay, just make sure that the fruit you're measuring is the fruit that you also feel like makes sense. That's the currency of God's economy, not necessarily just the currency of our economy and what we as humans and specifically humans in a very kind of um, wealth and prosperity driven culture would deem as successful, which again, it's not always bad. That can also be a good indicator, but I don't think it's the only one by any means. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious to hear too, because I mean, like many other companies and organizations, Seiko was affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, how did that turn of events still affect your perception of like the success of the company and, you know, quote unquote prosperity, I guess, but more like, did you still feel like, nope, this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're going to be fine. We're going to get there. No, I definitely went through a season in the very early days of the pandemic where I was like, this might be this, I don't know. Like, I don't know that we survived this, you know, are we had to shut down our workshop, our sales were really immediately impact, our entire supply chain kind of like froze. Mm -hmm. And it was really scary. It was a really, really scary time for so many people. Um, I remember it though, as it almost being so bad that there was like this sense of relinquishing control over it that actually did mm. feel kind of life-giving and going like, God, yeah. this is this is going to be so hard and it feels really impossible and I don't know how we're going to make it through. And so if we are, you're going to have to show up. And then, which is honestly yeah. how I, you know, how we should be operating all the time is this recognition of like, we're not in control, but sometimes, you know, when the circumstances are such, we can kind of start to feel like, oh yeah, if I just do this, then this is going to happen and I'm in control of all of this. Um, And so I just kind of remember there being this sense of like, well, if we're going to go down, we might as well go down swinging. And like, it ended up being, we actually experienced a lot of the effects of COVID. It was, it was wild. It was just, and it's, I don't want to get into the details because for every person in market, 
it's so different, but it was just like, yeah. it was really, really bad for a few weeks. And then we actually took this turn and the like consumer economy reacted in a way that we never could have seen coming. And, um, so it ended up being a really interesting year of kind of growth and opportunity mm-hmm. for us. Um, and then honestly, there were like delayed challenges in the supply chain that then we didn't see coming. So it was like just so complex. Um, But I would be lying if I just said, yeah, like this global pandemic hit and I was just like had this deep sense of like, nope, this is going to be fine and we're going to make it. There was definitely some weeks there. And we had some strong people kind of advising us just like uh, cut and run. Like mm-hmm. you're in a cash position right now. Like we literally had an advisor be like, hey, you're you're not going to make it through this. No business of your size with your like level of kind of international supply chain complexity yeah. is going to survive this. And if you cut and run now, you'll be in a way better position than if you try to hang on for the next year, you're going to get yourself into trouble. Um, so it was like, it wasn't just this sense that we might fail. It was like, there were literally really, really smart people that we trust that were telling us that. Um, and, but I think for, yeah, there was this still small voice being like, I think God's still, I don't think God's done with us yet, but if we're going to make it, God's going to have to show up. And, um, yeah, it ended up being that specific year ended up being a really interesting year of a lot of kind of like growth and evolution for our business. Hmm. And pivots like what it sounds like Seiko went through, I mean, they happen to all of us, not even just in a pandemic. I mean, they will happen. You will have pivots in your life in some form or another. And, you know, no one is immune Mm -hmm. to God just picking everything up and setting it down on a different set of tracks. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, I mean, like I, you've been through it. So, I mean, how would you encourage someone to remain just as positive as possible when they are in a situation like that? Listen, it's hard. (laughs) It's so hard. So I don't, I don't want to like sugarcoat it. Or if you're in a season of a ton of uncertainty or you're letting one dream die and you haven't quite figured out what the next one is, or if you feel like you're being asked to make a big pivot, but it feels really scary and you're feeling anxious or alone or heavy or overwhelmed, I guess the first thing that I want to say is you're not alone. And Mm -hmm being a human and being a human that's like co-creating in the world is just a really, really hard thing to do. And it's, it's not hard because you're broken or you're not good enough or you're not smart enough. It's hard because it's hard and you're not alone. And to give yourself a lot of grace in those seasons. And something that has been really life-giving and freeing from me is, you know, it's a lot easier for me to go, yeah, but what if, what if we do this and it fails? What if we do this and, you know, we make the wrong decision? And what if, what if, what if, what if, even the phrase, what if can be very like negative and cynical and worst case scenario. And I have found that by just kind of simply changing the intonation of my mental track of like, what if, what if, what if, what if to going like, okay, but like, what if, what if, what if we do this and it works? Or what if we do Mm -hmm. this and it fails, but it actually reveals the next thing that we're supposed to move towards and we have to get through this in order to kind of have that realization and kind of choosing curiosity, no sensing when I'm becoming really critical of the situation, of myself, of my own abilities, of, you know, whatever it is, and then choosing just to get really curious and going like, okay, Mm -hmm. what if God is up to something that I can't quite see? And what if something really beautiful might be on the other side of this, even though it feels really, really hard and heavy and scary right now? Like what if right around the corner 
is the next evolution of where we're supposed to be. Um, and that kind of just like little, little quarter turn of from what if to like, but what if, um, has been one that has been really life-giving to me. So the last test that I want to talk through, and like I said in the other episode, there are so many of these tests, but we can only focus on four. (laughs) So the final one that I would love to have you talk through and think about is the power Mm. test. And so when you're able to take a dream and you turn it into a reality, there is a certain amount of pride Mm -hmm. and accomplishment that will come with that achievement. So when you were able to do this with Seiko and when you started receiving recognition and accolades for all that you were accomplishing, what did you do to keep yourself humble? Oh my gosh. Have real friends and kids and a husband (laughs) who, you know, just like, I think community is so important that it's just like Mm. live life closely enough with folks that will be, hopefully get the best of you, but will also, you know, see the parts of you that aren't like glamorous and shiny that will show you that you're still loved despite that. But that will also, um, you know, when I see, when I see ego gone wrong and success gone wrong, you usually can go, okay, who are the seven people that they're surrounding themselves with? And are those seven people worshiping them? And those seven people want something Mm -hmm. out of them. So they're just yes men, you know, like, and you, a lot of times the answer is like, yes, that person doesn't have any real community or any real friends or any real fruitful relationships that they're engaging in that is calling them back to humility and to reconciliation. And, um, yeah, I think, I think, community and real authentic relationships where you have people that are, that you have invited to speak into your life, um, where you can, and are called to kind of come to terms with like, no, 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 you're, you're just a human, (laughs) like, um, is, is so humbling and so freeing. Like it's so much more freeing to be someone who operates, I think, out of the mode of like, I'm not special. Like, I'm not God's gift to humanity. I got invited on this journey and Mm -hmm. I said yes. And I took some risks and I worked really hard. But like at the end of the day, that idea of just of having been invited into something that you said yes to um, is so much more fun. Because here's the thing. If when you're riding high and you're really successful – your ego and your affirmation and all your worth is tied up in that. And it temporary, temporarily feels really good because you're like, you know, firing on all cylinders and you're getting all of this affirmation around your success. But what you're doing is like, you're literally, you are building your own prison and you are building your own Mm -hmm. jail. You are building a terrible, very unhospitable place to live that says in order to be loved, in order to have fulfillment, in order to be, um, to feel worthy, you have to you have to keep it up, and you have to show people that you're successful and you're brilliant, and you're smart, and you're all of these things. And that is such a sad, sad prison to live in. And I think what we really want as humans is to know, but but what if? And even when am I still loved? Am I still worthy? Um, and by in in order to get that, we have to consciously untangle ourselves from like my worth isn't, you know, a prayer that I say with my boys every single night is I'm not what I have, what I do, or what people say. I'm a child of God and no one can take that away. And mm-hmm. it's obviously very childlike. It's very simple. I 
you know, came up with it and wrote it for my kids. But I find it's like, oh, no, no, no. You have to hear that every single day of your life. You're not what you do. You're not what other people say. And and just to be very clear, I'm not like some sort of guru who's arrived in this. Like I still, you know, I still feel shame and embarrassment and a desire for approval, all of those things. I still feel I'm not immune from them. But I do think what I'm what I have done a really good job of is cultivating a really true, authentic, transparent community where I where I don't have pretenses, where I show up and with people who when when I am experiencing those success successes, celebrate with me. Like we want people who mm-hmm. join us in the joy and who celebrate. Like we do not want a community where we feel like we have to play small. Um, and right. so people who will go like, that's amazing. And we're super stoked for you. Also, we love you the same as we did last Tuesday, but this is super fun and cool. <laughs> and on the flip side of that, people that when you come with your failure and with your heartbreak and with your shame and with your embarrassment, people that look at you and go, we'll hold that with you. And that is sad and that's heartbreaking and that's really stressful. And 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 we want to hold that with you. And And we love you the same as we did last Tuesday before that big failure. Mm. And that is, so it's not that I'm immune from feeling those temptations, but one thing that I do feel really, really, really grateful for is having cultivated that community that constantly kind of pulls me back to that truth of we're not, we're not what we have, what we do or what other people say that we're, that we're children of God and that nothing can take that away. Mm. I love that. That That's so special. (laughs) If someone listening right now is feeling that pull to act on the dream that they've been holding close to their heart for a while, what would you tell them to do to start moving toward the destiny of that dream? I would remind them, you know, another quote unquote negative emotion. So we talked about, well, what if you actually lean in and get curious about your anger, about your sadness, about your jealousy? Another negative quote unquote emotion that I think is super powerful and interesting for us to get curious about is regret and the fear of regret. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes we as humans, we're not really good at kind of weighing risks. And some people I think have this misconception that they're just fearless people that aren't afraid of anything. Yeah. And it's like, well, it, it seems so easy for you to go out and to take this risk or to put yourself out there. And I have been described as that. I'm just like, well, it just seems like you're not afraid. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm really afraid. I am I am driven by fear. But I'm more afraid of the regret that I'll have for not saying yes, for not taking the opportunity, for not trying and seeing what's there. That feels scarier to me, not all the time, but a lot of times, than the idea of just playing it safe and, and mm-hmm. um, not taking any of those risks. And so I think... Um, it's not about like wait until you feel fear. It's not about wait until you feel fearless. It's about like making sure you're going like, but when you look back on your entire life, are there going to be like, how, how are you going to feel to know like you have no idea what that could have been because you were too afraid to try. And, and to kind of let that negative emotion actually potentially impact your decision-making and going like, I don't, I would rather, I would rather know. I would rather go, Hey, I tried and it didn't work out or it didn't scratch the itch in the way that I thought it would than laying in bed going like, Oh man, you never gave it a shot. Um, and wondering what it could have possibly been. And so I would just, yeah, really encourage you like, don't wait until you feel fearless. That's, that's not, I mean, I think if you feel fearless, like, I don't know, 
there's like a high chance you're a sociopath. Like fear is like a very normal emotion that we all feel, but ask yourself the question of like, is there actually something else that I should be afraid of that I'm not weighing heavily enough? And the fear of the fear of having always played it safe or always placating to other people's desires for you that you were never, uh, listened to that still small voice and took that risk. And, um, just to encourage you that there are a lot, not your dream doesn't have to light other people on fire for it to be meaningful and for it to be something that Mm -hmm. God's asking you to do. And that sometimes God's calling us to stuff that will give us a deep sense of peace and fulfillment that might not look that impressive to other people. And then there might be other seasons where it feels like it would be. And that feels really big and scary. And just a reminder that God uses us and calls us to these different seasons and to these different dreams and just, um, your dreams matter and God gave them to you for a reason and that it's actually honoring. And I believe an act of worship when we, when we say, I believe that God put this desire in my heart and so I'm going to follow it. Hmm. And speaking of following desires and listening to that little voice and taking risks, if you could go back and tell college graduate Liz anything, what would you say? I think I would just tell her it's going to work out and not it's going to be easy and not everything that you're going to do is going to be successful. Not like that, but just like it's going to be okay. Um, Mm. And I think, you know, I don't necessarily regret it because God really meets us in our times of needs, but it's like I sure spent and still do. I spin my wheels a lot on fear and anxiety and the what if worst case scenarios. And God has been so faithful that even when the worst case scenario happens, going like, I'm, I'm going to be there. So it's not like, it's going to be okay, Liz. Everything you do and everything you touch is going to turn into gold. It's, it's like, hey, Liz, we're going on a big adventure. And there's going to be quote unquote <laughs> successes and big failures. And mm-hmm. I will be with you through it all. And that is something that you can anchor on. Well, as we wrap up our conversation about beliefs to destiny, I'd love to hear what is one thought or maybe even just one piece of advice that you want our listeners to remember most about everything that we've talked about? Oh, my goodness. Um, No pressure. (laughs) It might be this kind of last thought of that, like, God is with you. Your dreams matter. And you aren't what you do and you aren't what other people say. So go forth and have fun and pursue um, yeah, pursue your dreams and don't forget that it is like, it's an adventure that we're, we're being invited into and to kind of have that spirit of curiosity. What was your biggest takeaway from Liz's story over the past two episodes? Let us know by leaving a review on your preferred listening platform or leave a comment when we share this episode on forward social media. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N dot org slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray. So your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, Don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.